today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. If you have a $500,000 home in Toronto, well, um, I don't think such a thing exists anymore. But anyway, if you did, theoretically, if you had a $500,000 home in Toronto, you would be paying, according to Zucasa, which gathered all the statistics from around Ontario, you'd be paying $3,074 in property taxes this year. $3,074. Keep that number in mind. If you're in Oakville, you'd be paying $3,672. Burlington, $3,919. All in the 3000s with those places. But if you live in Hamilton, that same $500,000 price tag for that home, which if you were listening to Paul Tipple in the news just a moment ago, the average house price now in Hamilton is $590,000. So we're talking about a house that's even below the average. But if you have that same theoretical $500,000 home in Hamilton, you would be paying $6,109, double, double Toronto, double the rate that you would pay in property taxes in the most expensive city in the world. What the heck is going on? Why is Hamilton paying such what seems to be exorbitant property taxes? Let me bring in Ward 9 Councillor Brad Clark, who joins us this morning. Brad, thanks for doing this today. My pleasure, Scott. How are you? I am well. Uh... How is this possible? How, is, how has Hamilton managed to get to this point where our taxes seemingly are this high? I think it's really an indication of, of the economy. Because when I looked at the Zucasa report, it was interesting that the five top cities with the lowest tax rates had the highest market values. And the top five cities with the highest taxes had the lowest market values. So when you're looking at a city of Toronto where the average market value is in excess of a million dollars now uh, in Toronto, and they have two million homes, their tax rate is remarkably lower compared to other municipalities who have average market values and have lower populations. So it's a partially uh, um, an indication of, of just economics. So if your home is worth a million as opposed to 500000 we can give you a lower percentage because the same amount of money is eventually going to be brought in. That's exactly it. It's a lower levy because the market value is so much higher. But it, it, it doesn't um, excuse the fact or dismiss the fact that in Hamilton, we're still, on average, if we compare average property taxes in Ontario, we're 6% higher than the Ontario average. So we still have lots of work to do. Um, but the study is, does create a bit of a false narrative because you're really comparing some of the wealthiest cities uh, in the province to some of the poorest cities in the province. There is a, uh, a part of this that I, I think if you break it down, it, it starts to explain, again, maybe not uh, satisfactorily to people why, but it explains the basis of this. Uh, I think I'm correct, and you can correct me on this one, that roughly 90% of Hamilton's revenue, I think it's 88% is the exact amount, but that in that ballpark, uh, comes in from residential property taxes. That is correct. That that accurate that is a very accurate number. Hamilton and a number of the larger, uh, I shouldn't say larger, a number of the the urban centers in Ontario where they had high manufacturing bases. So you're talking Windsor, Sault Ste. Marie, Hamilton, those types of cities. They have seen um, a, a a diminishing uh, a loss of industrial taxes because factories have closed up shop and went south of the border. Um, so as a result, a higher uh, residential component is making up the difference. So, you know, in, in Hamilton, we're at 88% of our taxes. 
now come from the residential base, and we've done an awful lot to try to bring in a new industry, um, but it just doesn't happen overnight. So we are much more reliant then, essentially. We, we can't get by without having these taxes. It, that is the challenge. Um, to lower the taxes would mean a lowering of services, and when 88% of your taxes are coming from the residential base, the residents would feel the lowering of those services. So we have to uh, tackle it in a, a balanced manner and, and be a little bit more innovative. Uh, the city council in the last term, I wasn't on council, but they did a remarkable job by, by looking at the number of senior managers that they had within the system, and they were able to eliminate somewhere in the neighborhood of 50 senior management positions, which saved millions of dollars. Um, which is helping us to keep the taxes at, at a reasonable rate. Um, but that being said, we're still 6% higher than the provincial average. So you bring up a really interesting point, and I think this is where a lot of people sort of look at this when they, when they hear these numbers. Clearly, the fact that we have had manufacturing changes and we've lost some industries and the, the tax from that has gone away, clearly that has some impact on this. But how much of this... And of the amount that Hamilton's paying and the large amount, the high amount, how much of this falls on council's shoulders for maybe not last council, if, if you say they did a terrific job of keeping it down, but previous ones before that for, for not keeping it in control and for, for, I don't even, I don't know if you want to use the word mismanaging or not controlling it or whatever. How much of this falls on council for letting this get here? Um, I would dare say that the vast majority of residents would say it's, all falls on council. At the end of the day, council has to make the decision uh, as to what the budget is going to be. And the, the challenge that council is facing in Hamilton specifically is that um, the taxes, uh, while they're 6% higher than the provincial average, Hamilton also has another challenge in that the ability to, to pay higher taxes, the ability to pay um, uh, the taxes for the city itself is is really stressed, and, and, and we're finding ourselves in a situation where we have a large senior component with fixed incomes, and we have a, a, um, a fairly large portion of low-income people who can't mm. afford to pay those extra property taxes. So the council really does have to sharpen its pencil, as they say, to, to find the savings. Um, but this council, um, and I respect them for it, has been loath to cut services that really help um, the marginalized, the, the people in the community, the most vulnerable people in our community. So they're being very careful uh, when they're making decisions not to hurt that population within our city, and at the same time trying to balance it against um, the higher taxes with people who can't afford to pay those higher taxes. You said about four things in that answer that I want to get into here, so I'm going to work through them systematically because it was a great answer. Um, the first one about the seniors and people on a fixed income. This is, this is a challenging one because somebody may have lived in their same house for 50 years and that house was a moderate, moderate house once upon a time, but as the market has gone through the roof, the property value of that home has gone skyrocketing. They're on that fixed income, but now it's a five or $600,000 home. Therefore, their property taxes are now way, way, way more than they would have ever expected when they first bought that house. Uh, you're 100% correct, and and that is one of the challenges. And uh, where the city is is uh, hoping to be able to respond to that is that we are modifying our residential zoning bylaw to make it permissible so that every home in the city of Hamilton can have a secondary unit, um, a granny flat, uh, uh, an in-law suite, as they say. 
And what that would enable uh, residents on fixed incomes to do is, in essence, rent out a portion of their home uh, to bring in some income to assist them because their their pensions are not going up with the cost of inflation. And so we have to to acknowledge that we can do things and make things in our planning system available to our seniors population to to bring in some additional income to the home. So that is happening and that should be coming back later this fall and introduced next year finally. And because, and, and again, our income here in Hamilton, I had to look this up this morning. I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I looked it up two or three places to make sure it was correct. Our average income in Hamilton is 14% below the provincial average, and yet we've got higher property taxes than most places. So we're now, I think the, the number that was reported last year, seven, almost $74 million in arrears in property taxes that the city is having to chase around and try and find. People haven't or can't pay those. Yeah, and that number, um, it does fluctuate, uh, but because of the way the system is set up and we don't foreclose on people's, you know, take their, their property away um, in one year because they didn't pay their taxes, so it floats over a three-year period and it cycles through. And you, a lot of that $74 million has a has to do with commercial and industrial uh, taxpayers who are objecting to the taxes and going through appeals with MPAC. So we now have, we know it's a number that's been bandied around, Brad, for a long, long time. This, And I don't know if it changes a little bit, $3.2 billion infrastructure deficit, give or take a little bit. Stuff that needs to be fixed and maintained, a hard, hard stuff in the city, buildings and roads and bridges and things. And we have stuff that's being downloaded from the province and from the federal government to here, social services and things. It would appear on the face of looking at this, that our property taxes, no matter how much you guys sharpen your pencil, it's going to be very difficult for those to go down. They're only going to go up. Um, I would dare say that by the cost of inflation, at the very least, I would expect taxes to continue to rise over time. And I've said this many times in campaigns where people promise to cut taxes and, and it. I've never seen it actually happen in a municipality, at least in the province of Ontario, where that has occurred. Um, inflation does take take effect, but we are incredibly challenged when the province or the federal government uh, eliminate one-time funding or download a program to the municipality uh, without notice, which does not give us any opportunity to actually plan the financing as to whether or not we want to continue those programs or how we're going to pay for those programs. And right now we're looking at a little bit over $12 million in, in, in potentially downloaded services from the current provincial government. One thing most politicians hate to do because they know there's going to be blowback every time, though, is to cut something. Yeah, I mean, it, you, tell me if I'm wrong, but if there's a service or a, pro, a program or something that is in place and it's proposed that it's going to be cut back, your office, everyone's office is probably going to hear about it. And yet, is that not necessary now that, that at some point politicians, and not just you guys, I mean, across the board, federal, provincial, municipal, everyone is going to have to start to say, you know, we just can't afford to do this. There are going to have to be some cuts and sorry, but we just can't keep raising the taxes. I, and I, I would, yeah, yes, I agree hundred percent with your statement, Scott. Uh, I would suggest that I think the most prudent course of action for politicians from all levels of government is to start having discussions about priorities uh, with the the residents, with the taxpayers, and 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 understand which programs are the priorities, the sacred cows that they don't want touched, and which programs um, are are they more willing to have uh, a reduction in services. 
And, which and which is have that discussion. which makes sense, but every single person is going to have a different example. So you have a community meeting and you ask for that question. You're going to have 100 people at the meeting with 100 different positions. That's the nature of politics, 100%. <laughs> and so you would have some groups who, um, you know, hypothetically, uh, the province of Ontario says municipalities have to have one long-term care facility. Well, Hamilton has two. So do we discuss losing one? As soon as I mention even that, that question, people get very agitated because they don't want to have the, the loss of one long-term care facility. So in the city of Hamilton, this council has um, religiously and historically said for the last 20 years, they're not going to look at the elimination of either long-term care facility. So they've made that decision based on the priorities of the broader community. Um, but we still have to continue to educate the public in terms of what the challenges are and what priorities we're, we're looking at. Uh, I know in my community, the, the state of repair of our roads and sidewalks is, is a real huge challenge for residents, and, and they're constantly bringing it up with me. It doesn't matter where I go, the, the roads are in a horrible condition. And so we are working on that and trying to expedite that. But if I take $10 million out of the budget to put into roads, someone else is short $10 million. Brad Clark, Ward 9 Councilor, appreciate the time as always. Thanks for doing this this morning. Thanks, Scott. Take care. Uh, there, there's your challenge. I'm guessing that most people listening this morning said, wait a second, we're paying double in property taxes what they're paying in Toronto. That's the most expensive city in Canada. Now, there are some places more expensive than us. Windsor is another 3000 over us on average. They're way up there. But if people listening are probably saying, wait a second, how are we paying double what Toronto is? And then we talked about this yesterday with Ian Lee when we were talking about the Fraser Institute report. As soon, what Brad just said, as soon as you then say, okay... Let's cut this then. Okay, let's slash that back. Okay, we can't afford this anymore. Everybody loses their mind and starts screaming and yelling. At some point, one of two things is going to have to happen. We're either, all of us, we're either going to have to say, well, we're just going to have to pay higher and higher and higher and higher and higher taxes, or we're going to have to say, yeah, some stuff is going to have to be cut and we're going to have to live with it. It seems like there isn't a third option where we can say, let's pay for everything and not have any increase in costs and in taxes. That doesn't seem to make any sense anymore. And certainly when you look at Hamilton's municipal tax number, double Toronto, double Toronto. Hmm. I mean, it's, it seems like it's way too much. I just don't know how to make it better, how to make it lower, if everyone's just going to complain every time something has to be cut. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.